And we're live with our 197th, is that correct, episode of Absolute AppSec? Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my co-host Seth Law at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. We're super excited to be back. Uh, Ken and I were just at CactusCon this last weekend, ran a workshop, had a panel. It was all super exciting. Um, and I'll post out a couple of, uh, we'll post out the track itself. We will be cutting our, um, talk out, right. Or our, the panel out uh, with some interesting discussions with Mike McCabe and Andrew Wilson on application security, the future of AppSec, how it's changed in the last decade. Um, so, you know, take a listen or give it a watch if you would like to. Um, otherwise the other announcement that we've got is DEF CON trainings are happening April 13th and 14th, I believe in yes, April 13th and 14th in Bellevue, Washington. So up in Seattle, uh, we will be giving our practical secure code review course there. DEF CON has asked us to come again. Uh, super excited about that as well. So if you are looking for an opportunity, this is the first open class that we've had in a in a, in a minute. So if you're looking for um, practical secure code review training, um, let us know. And there's going to be certifications that are coming along with that as well. Um, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to call that, uh, you know, uh, certified source code reviewers. I don't know, something like that, right, Ken? I, I know certifications seem to be a top of people's minds, so. Yeah, yeah, some people like it. Um, here for the comic book reviews. Good, good. That's exactly what we're going to do. Given that the uh, comic book store actually moved, so it wasn't next door to the Mexican restaurant like we expected. So uh, yes, there might not be as many comic book reviews as you're looking for this time around. Um, otherwise, we are excited to have Sal with us today. Um, Sal, uh, and um, yeah, unless Ken, is there something else that you wanted to to bring up before we dive into it and do full introductions for Sal? Um, no, I just added, I would say CactusCon was awesome. I think you should attend if you can. Um, they used a uh, freemium model. Um, so the the tickets and the, the workshops uh, or the, the talks and the workshops are all free. They have really good sponsors that make that possible. Um, and I say freemium because if you want uh, maybe like swag or you want uh like a nicer badge to hack on, you know, because it's not just a paper one, but like, uh, you know, something with a motherboard. Um, you uh, you can pay for that as well. Um, and I think the location is great. And also what's in interesting. So, you know, in terms of web security, not a ton of web security, which I like. Like, frankly, I think we were talking about it. Like, there's only so many talks I can stomach about. I, you know, sorry to those who have talks that are like this, but, you know, like um, empathetic design in this, that or the other or, you know, a 758th variation of a way to exploit XSS. I can only stomach so many of those anymore. So it's nice to get a little bit of, uh, you know, like uh, red teamy reverse engineering binary exploitation type stuff. So that's anyways, that's my take on Cactus Con. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a good time for sure. Um, always good to see people, especially this time of year when it's so cold out getting down a little bit into the Southwest actually helps. So, um, yeah, I, I think from there we should, we should dive into Sal's background. Um, Sal Oliveris is yes. currently with, uh, segment slash 
Twilio, right? Um, Sal was introduced to right. us by Leif Dresler, who's been on the podcast a number of times. Um, but let's let's just jump into your background really quick, Sal. Uh, before we get into the article and the interesting stuff you're doing with API keys, um, yeah, tell us about like what you do over at Twilio, like how you got into the industry. Let's just start there. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Sal. Thank you, Seth, Ken, for having me on. Uh, like you guys mentioned, I'm, I'm in uh, Twilio segment right now. I'm a uh, senior software engineer in embedded. I'm part of a team that's basically in part of the security org. So doing software engineering relate, uh, related to like customer facing features. So SSO, SKIM, MFA, and most recently this token uh, secret scanning revocation service that uh, uh, powers the par- partnership with GitHub. So uh, that's, that's what I'm working on in my day to day on that team, small but mighty team. Uh, we're, we're, we're excited to like start, you know, start off the year with the more more of these security features. So this was a great way to start off the year, the security scanning partnership. Um, yeah, basically, I started off. Let's see, uh, we mentioned Leaf, and we were joking in the in the pre-show about the Leaf Dreisler pipeline. Uh, you guys have so many guests on that recommended by Leaf. So uh, yeah, Leaf uh, Leaf reached out to me. Uh, now it's gonna be like almost a year and a half now where he reached out. Um, you know looking, hey, Sal, I think you'd be a good fit for this position. So before that, I was actually at um, Northrop doing um, sort of jumping into the what I'm doing now, like Node, React, TypeScript. So like I said, I'm a software engineer. I uh, just happen to be in security work right now. So uh, doing a lot of the TypeScript, a lot of the Node.js, a lot of the web, web framework stuff. That I got my start at Northrop. So like security contractor. Uh, very slow paced, much slower paced than it is now at Twilio segment. Uh, you know, working in in skiffs, like can't you know talk about what I work. Uh, no phones at the office. Uh, you know, the the dealio. And then before that, also uh, another government contractor, um, Raytheon, where I actually did did some security work there. But again, can't talk about that. <laughs> um, come on, come on. When when is that up? Right, you want to come back on the show as soon as you're, you know, like what is it like? Uh, ninety nine plus years after yeah. my, you know, <laughs> after I'm buried, um, th- then maybe, then maybe uh, I could talk it. about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, or whenever it's unclassified. So yeah, um, so yeah, and then uh, Misty at Warp Nine, you're met. Oh, Jordan's in the chat. Um, oh, thanks for watching, Jordan. Uh, yeah, part of Warp Nine and at Northrop. So doing a lot of like I like I mentioned, uh, doing a lot of the um, like the the cool stuff. The cool the cool kids were doing the the Reacts, the um, uh, the new frameworks. So uh, we were pretty much the the uh, at Northrop. We were like sort of a uh, consulting team for the okay. rest of the uh, Northrop team. So it was a really cool experience there. Um, and yeah, that's sort of. My background, it's I, I got to experience a lot of things like low level C at Raytheon uh, yep. with security work. Northrop is now my foray into like this, the, what I'm doing now, TypeScript, React, Node. And then finally here at Twilio segment uh, doing that, but in a security context. And I've learned a lot in the past year and a half, like Leaf's a great mentor, uh, team is great. So I'm uh, you know, learning about AppSec, ProdSec, uh, and uh speaking at now i'm speaking at a security conference at b-sides so it's been uh it's been a fun ride uh for me which b-sides uh uh, this is gonna be the sf b-sides sf uh 
in on in some sometime in April. Uh, I think twenty twenty second, twenty third. Uh, yeah, yeah, San Francisco. Oh. Uh, nice. Yeah, I, I'm gonna put, I know I'm they gonna put a link in. Schedule. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, they haven't quite released the schedule yet, but that that's good. Um, I mean, I I think that's how we all like we always have all have this path that we kind of work into, Oh, all of a sudden we're doing security work and we do see people that, you know, come in and then move out. One of the things Ken and I were talking about this weekend was actually the, the team over at Twilio and segment, right? Like it, you know, feels like um, there's quite a bit of research. Number one, good, like product security features and research and blog posts that are coming out of the team there. Um, even, you know, it, it almost feels like you're a, uh, a follower to what happened at Netflix a few years ago, right? Like there was the Netflix team that was pretty strong that was releasing a whole bunch of stuff. And I, I mean, I know they're still strong over there and still doing a lot of the same thing. Um, but a lot of that um, community involvement that we all appreciate, right? Like we like to see what people are doing internally and helping others. Yeah, I, I mean, a uh, shout out to... Yeah, our security work like Colleen, uh, mm-hmm. Eric, Elliot, uh, Leaf, <laughs> especially like pushing us to you know do more do more of these like community uh, stuff. Like like our team published what like three blog posts in the last uh, month or so. Uh, it's all on the Twilio segment to engineering blog. But you know, uh, you know, Leaf pushing us and leadership pushing us to you know post more blogs, talk about our team, advertise our team. Uh, and our security org and all the great work we're doing. So a big yep. shout out to them. Um, yeah. 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 And well, maybe let's dive into the actual API stuff. I mean, we talked about um, APIs last week. Uh, there was, and now I'm trying to remember, right? Like, you know, we've, I've been to so many talks over the last you know few days and we've had so many different discussions and I'm trying to remember exactly what we dug into last time around, Ken. Oh, it was reviewing APIs for security features, right? Um, and actually, this is near and dear to my heart right now because I have been looking at some APIs from like client APIs um, and um, tokens and the way that people interact with them and authenticate against and are authorized against APIs is always a, a huge concern. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but let's yeah, let's well, dive and in talking with. The- Oh yeah, I mean, ahead. I think it's just as also segue. Like when Frank was on, I mean, we talked pretty heavily about you know how how breaches occur, and one of those things was primarily like exposed credentials, essentially. So, yep. anyways, I'll, I'll leave. I'll well, I'll lead us in in, in in that way into this conversation. And here's the uh, just to highlight the link there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for linking that. That's the basically the how segment proactively protects customer API tokens. I guess I'll jump right in, right? Um, so about a year ago, I think it all starts with the API key or token format. Uh, about a year ago, we had a pretty standard, uh, API key, uh, format. It's, you know, alphanumeric 64 characters, all random, right? Uh, no real identifiers. And it's, you know, it's really hard to like run a pattern, uh, or a regex pattern against that, right? It's, uh, it's a random 64 alphanumeric. There's no real identifiers there. Uh, if you want to set up like a, um, a a piece of software, a pre-commit hook like Truffle Hog, uh, Truffle Hog, 
or Git leaks, it's really hard to find. To uh, you're gonna get a lot of false positives or like, yeah, you're just gonna get a lot of a lot of noise there. So about a year ago, we actually changed our um, API token format to match more of what like GitHub was doing. Um, and GitHub's, uh, I'll talk about more at length. Uh, singing their praises later. Um, they introduced a, a like a three uh, letter identifier in front of the token. Pretty standard, right? Like it was uh, G H something underscore, and then the the rest of the alphanumeric sixty four characters. So that was like a year ago. That was our first focus. Like let's just shift our API key to have an a segment identifier, just so it's easy to to find in, <laughs> uh, and and pattern again, and you know write a regex for it. Um, so that was. I- yeah yeah before we we dive into it right like i i I think people i don't know right like unless you've done something like this looking for you know patterns in like (laughs) key patterns in code before you don't realize what a huge problem this is right um because uh, like yeah like writing regular expressions number one is difficult but number two if there's no (laughs) identifying characteristics even if there's not like i mean guid values are almost easier because of the uh, the dashes that are in there, right? Like at the mm-hmm. very least you can identify, oh, this is a, you know, UUID V4 or V2 or yep. whatever it is very easily. But these like 64 character strings, um, especially when you're looking at something that has base 64 encoding or encrypted mm-hmm. values and everything else in it, it's just like, yeah, drop that out the window because it's not going to do you any good. So so we appreciate that, you know, there, there's been some thought that goes into it. And I, you know, I definitely do think, you know, Microsoft or GitHub have, uh, you know, have led the way there. So sorry, yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt too much. No, 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 no. That's a huge issue. Yeah, no, it, it, I'm surprised. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the first step is just, yeah, add an identifier to your to your, your API token. And I think like GitHub went even further uh, and we, we didn't go um, where they actually introduced a checksum at the end of the, the token, like a 32-bit uh, checksum. So you can do offline, like like immediately in like oh this is like immediately tell if it's a valid or invalid token, and not even like you don't even have to validate against it. You need like oh yeah that's like no good. That's just like some random string that's uh, that wasn't generated so, from us. So, so Ken, would you say that uh, GitHub is recreating Jots? Then is that <laughs> you said Jots? So right, JWTs, whatever Jots in the <laughs> RFC. We had a huge discussion on that. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we, I don't uh, want to throw you off too much, to the Sal. I was just giving him. No, 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 no. No, this is great. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, GitHub, checksum, really cool stuff. We didn't go that far, so we still have to, unfortunately, hit a make a database call to validate the token. But that's I'll get into that in, in, in a bit. But yeah, that, that was about a year ago. And it's funny. Um, we actually made a contribution to the GitLeaks uh, project. Uh, like submitted a PR with our with our pattern, and then like immediately afterwards, uh, I I don't know if this was coincidence or not, but GitHub like like hey, do you want to join our partner like our secret scan partnership? Do you want to be a partner? So um, that was cool. It, they they reached out. Um, yeah, the uh, they they reached out and they're like, hey, you should look into being a partner. So uh, that was about now like a couple months ago. So. Uh, yeah, we're like, yeah, of course we're interested. And GitHub makes it so easy to like onboard uh, to be a part, uh, being a partner. Uh, they have great documentation. It's very, they're like, here, this is what you need to do. You need to make a secret scanning service uh, one. 
and then they like just walk you through it um uh really really easily so during i just want to sorry i don't want to interrupt you too much but i just want to let everybody to know that i paid him no paid sal no money to come on here and say these <laughs> that's things. right well <laughs> so hey you're part of the security hey. team right yeah yeah exactly uh, so i just want to yeah, yeah, yeah. all these nice things have is, nothing to do with me <laughs> so hey yeah i'm i'm focusing on github we have like we're also working with GitLab as well because they also have a partnership but like github has it so like easily laid out like I, like i was saying earlier like i'm gonna sing their praises because they have great documentation on this great blog posts on this making great strides in the secret scanning like um space like g- giving more and more features to public repos i think one of the most recent one was like you're able now to see the valid- validity of like tokens uh like if they were valid or not and they've got revoked um ah, yeah um uh, so that was the most, re- that was one of the, uh, most recent announcements, I guess. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You, I was not paid. This is just uh, the good work. Yes. Uh, ha- highlighting the good work and how easy they made it for us to onboard to their partnership. Um, yeah. So it, it was uh, like, this was what now this was, uh, October. Now we're starting to build this, uh, secret scanning service and, it, it's it's pretty it's um if let's see I, don't know, I might drop a link later, but um there was uh essentially evolves to get GitHub runs regular expression patterns or your 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 regular expression pattern in this case segments was it starts with uh, I think S SGP I think that's the uh, that's the identifier and we supply that to to GitLab and whenever or GitHub and whenever they um, they come across it in a public repo, they send over a request to an endpoint that we set up. And this endpoint is powered by a standard Node.js service on our end. And it, whenever uh, I was testing it earlier, and um, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, the user commits, pushes a change, runs a regular expression. Uh, GitHub runs a regular expression sends a matches to a public endpoint. We validate the tokens. And this is where having that checksum would be pretty, pretty neat, where we can like immediately just throw away tokens that are just like, just not, uh, we're not interested in. But we do hit a database. Um, we validate that token. And if it's valid, we revoke it, right? We, we sort of saw what other partners were doing. Um, and a lot of them just auto revoke it. Some of them just uh, warn you. Uh, some of you give you the option to like, do you want to warn or auto revoke? Uh, we went like, hey, if it's if it's out there, if it's in the public repo, it's compromised. Uh, yeah. No matter if you can rewrite all the history you want, uh, if you have that SHA uh, one hash, there's there's ways of getting it. I think even in the in the docs, it's like, yeah, like it, it's really hard to get rid of stuff. <laughs> um, so just consider any credential you. Uh, you commit to a public repo as, yeah, just rotate it. Uh, and I think that's what... So I'm say. interested to, to hear about like what the kind of the public or the developer reaction to that has been. Has there been any pushback on you know revoking those tokens or has it just been thumbs up as far as the user experience? Um, what I've seen, it's like auto... Uh, and and um, um, I... Uh, 
there was a hacker news post about like a um, the secret scanning stuff and my general the general sentiment that i got was hey someone accidentally committed a token aws aws by the way is the most like the 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 tokens that are the most uh uh leaked, sought after yeah, yeah sought after <laughs> leaked on uh on github so uh the general sentiment was like hey i accidentally committed this thank god that they you know caught it and revoked it for me uh so that's the general sentiment there hasn't been I haven't seen any pushback uh you know there's questions of maybe you know what if i want to do um commit uh, a token on purpose for like testing purposes and maybe it's a test token um, I haven't really come across that. So to answer your question, Seth, like I haven't seen or like read any uh, pushback from developers for this auto revoke. Like a lot of the partners are doing it. Um, and if it push comes to shove, a customer doesn't want this feature. Um, we have you know mechanisms to disable it for their for their you know their resources if they want to. So uh, cool. behind a feature flag. So. Uh, yeah, yeah there, no, no real pushback there. So, um, you know, other other services just warn you, uh, but you know, the email might not be seen. We rather just play it safe. Um, I go into like, hey, would you rather have a security incident where you know you your your tokens being exploited, or a security instance where the solution is just rotate it and uh, uh, bring the service back online? So that was our line of um, uh, line of reasoning. Uh, when yeah. choosing between like auto revoking and just warning, and it's yeah, I, I I mean, I mean, in general, I start to think about it right, like the damage that can be done within like okay, the time the email goes out or the notification goes out, and when somebody can actually act upon it, right? If you don't yeah. do the auto revoke, um, I mean, it, so for me as a security person and you know ex developer, it does or a developer, it does feel like that's kind of a uh, a given um but i but i am a little surprised that there is that option there to oh i just want to notify you instead um, mm. yeah but it's you know it's it's up to the customer or the user the customer how they want to do it like as a developer i'm like hell no i don't want any of my tokens out there uh mm. just revoke it for me if i make a mistake uh and yeah it's it's like when researching this the, this uh um this project i came across a, a cool a good paper that i linked in the blog uh about a um like a north carolina like state university research team like using if you scroll a little a little more up in the in the um in the intro yeah they they, they link uh although it's a little outdated it's like 2019 so not a lot of um not sure how like I'm sure GitHub has improved like the security stuff but there used to be like you be you're able to use the api to find um like tokens and uh use like GitHub's own API to run like a regular expression. And I think there was one where it's like there was like a like stat like like the time to index these secrets is like 20 to four minutes. So like there's plenty of room for you know by the time that e you see the email and the, the secret hits the repo, there's plenty of time for uh attacker to 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 exploit it or if it's an AWS key, you know, run up a big bill perhaps. Um, yeah. So, well, and I, I mean, like it, it's a known problem, right? It's not like hackers are like, you know, malicious actors haven't been scanning code for tokens for the last, I, I mean, how long can, right? Like you, you guys wrote, 
your AWS framework how many years ago to figure out what you could actually do with tokens? Yeah, Weird Al, I don't even remember when. It was it was a while ago, but I know that we've been talking about um, like DevOps talks with Chris Gates, uh, Carnal yep. Ownage. We did those back as far as, I don't know, 2012, 2013. And I can honestly say like, it, it's funny too, talking about small worlds, when, when uh, Chris and I were talking about his work at Uber, which I don't know, I'm talking about, he's not, so whatever, sue me. Um, at Uber, they wanted to revoke tokens. And uh, that was, so I think at the time they were using like some customized truffle hog uh, to, for, to search and then um, some other customizations to, to like get rid of those tokens. But anyways, um, he was telling me about all this as I was joining GitHub and uh, about this kind of, or after I joined GitHub to kind of get me to like talk to the, the the ProdSec team about, hey, can we have something to revoke tokens? And it just happened to be that they were on the path to uh, something along these lines. But the the big ask, the one that really was, I think, the, you know, kind of the big deal was like a custom regex pattern versus known, just like known AWS patterns, known this, known that. And so uh, I advocated a lot internally for that too, but you know, that ultimately had nothing to do with anything I did. Uh, uh, you know, anyways, point is, is like, it's just funny. Cause like, uh, I, I've seen this evolution for almost 10 years now, um, or longer where this has become a real, real problem and, and seen how we've, 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 everybody's been trying to solve, solve this long, long story, but um, yeah. 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 And I wonder too, right. And I don't know, Sal, if you've, if you guys have seen this, I, I know there's like the ability to, scan private repositories as well, right? That's that's always an ask from, at least from consulting perspective, as I'm looking at code um, and it's provided to me, like um, th this is where it gets interesting because I was like, ugh, if I had those regular expressions that GitHub has mm. or GitLab is using, it would make, you know, it would make that go a lot quicker, right? Um, just right. yesterday, you know, scanning one of these like API code bases, and it flags, right? Like key equals something from out of JavaScript, but it's it's like a it's not even a real key, right? It's not a decryption mm. key or anything like that. It's just a key value pair, and they just happen to name it key. Um, but the, I mean, it's it's a real problem with those static analyzers. So I wonder if you know there's going to be some at least release of things like your regular expression. Is that one of the things that you've done? Uh, the release of the like. Like, hey, here's the pattern. Go, you yeah, get... just the pattern format. Right? Yeah, I. One of the reasons, or one of one of the ways we did that is just contributing back to the these open source projects. Like, or it's like, hey, here's a. I, I know, like, uh, I'm going back to Git leaks, but they have pretty much a database within the code, like a config of basically Twilio, AWS segment now public keys, uh, like formats. So, if you wanted to, you could just. Uh, take those. Uh, I mean, it's open source, so uh, it's a you know that's a good uh, starting point, right? To get yep. um, a list of the most common um, or most popular token formats. Definitely, like I think maybe even Truffle Hog has some as well available. So um, yeah, that's no oh, good point. Um, it's, yeah, I, I, it, I mainly wanted to highlight where those regular expressions are if people are searching for them or if they haven't used GitLeaks or TruffleHog in the past. It's a good starting spot. Obviously, you're going to run into custom stuff, right? Like you're going to 
yeah, custom keys or right, like the way that Django or whatever other format you've or other framework you've picked, the way they generate keys may or may not right. be very easily to see that. Right. right. And yeah, and yeah, these these tools are usually run maybe in like CI, CD, even like pre-commit hooks. And you know, you you can easily bypass them too if you want to. So that's uh, you know, it, it's not a bulletproof, but uh it, it's definitely a way forward. Um yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um let's see. Uh what was my other questions there? Uh, <laughs> we talked about Warner Revoke, right? That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big like like striking the balance between just um it's like user security or like security and like user experience. And you know, in our case, auto revoke made the most sense. So uh and then yeah, the the API token pattern. I talked, you know, in the beginning about this, um, about adding, you know, that that the identifier, the SGP, the standing for segment public uh, API token, um, and just sort of how like, and this dives a little deeper in what like how we made that like migration, uh, and it, you know, you can imagine a token table. Uh, pretty standard token table holding all your tokens. Um, we just add a new column, like, hey, like this is a version. Uh, this is going to be version two. And if you wanted to make a change in the future, it's version three, so on and so forth. Uh, it was it, surprisingly in our code base, it was really easy to make this update. Uh, so there isn't really much <laughs> uh, 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 to take away here other than, hey, is for us, this was a column uh, add. This was just revving the version and then updating little relevance pieces of the backend to sort of accept this like prefix um, cool. uh, token. So yeah, yeah that, that uh, like I said, rec- uh, this should be the first step. <laughs> yeah. um, this should be the first step. And yeah, what about oh, what about? Yeah, let me put this that- up on the screen if you don't mind, but I need to like take that out of this view. So sorry guys. Nope, <laughs> Otherwise it's uh, yeah, it's a little hard to see Sal. So I'm going to put Sal in solo. There we go. Oh, sorry, cool. Sal. <laughs> no worries. What about when enough valid keys of these new formatted keys get out there and someone reverses reverse engineers a decryption? Is that possible still enough valid keys? Um, oh, okay. Like the, the like generating like, finding like how these are generated oh yeah yeah i think that's about the question reverse the algorithm used to generate tokens and if that could net you maybe the pattern you need to generate them perhaps well i trust whoever's writing these like uh libraries that these crypto libraries we use are smart enough <laughs> um uh because i just use them uh i use these like uh the, the hardened crypto libraries in node uh, so I hope someone smarter than me uh, has had the forethought to um, make sure this is not possible. <laughs> Sorry to, yeah. to, to sidestep that question. Um, now we can answer that too as security professionals. It'd be pretty, if you're using a pretty common standard library, um, modern, modern. Uh, I don't know if it's encryption so much as maybe a hashing. I, might, I suspect maybe more of a hashing routine than, um, mm-hmm. than a, an encryption or decryption. Um because obviously, you, you know, there's no, there's nothing to encrypt or decrypt of value there. So it's just probably just the actual token format, which is probably a hash. And in that case, if you're using modern standards, I mean, good luck, you know, good luck finding out. Um, you would need a huge sample set too to even begin 
trying to even go that route. Um, yeah, I just think it's uh, probably not super feasible. It's the yeah, just a bit. Then you yeah, want other stuff. Yeah, I always go back to you know generating those and what the, what the value is of reverse engineering that format. Right, most of the time with API tokens, there's like some sort of you know, random function that's happening, right? It's not necessarily you're, dec- you're encrypting a value or you're decrypting a value. Um, at most, it would be, okay, can I predict what's what's going to happen, right? If there's going to be some sort of a collision or predicting what mm-hmm. that next token value is going to be, um, which I, I, I mean, that is, a, that, is a, that is a real threat, right? Like, you know, if, if you are using insecure random, that's probably the biggest issue I'd be looking for there. Um, otherwise, I don't, I don't know if you could get much else out of it, right? Because most likely it's random and then you're pulling up some string of 64 characters and then using that to, you know, generate the token, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it possible very very hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh thank you brenda for the question Um, yeah i i mean you know as far as generating the tokens that's you know that would that might be an abuse pattern that segment could look at right like if somebody comes in they have a an account and all of a sudden they're generating hundreds of thousands of tokens that may necessarily you know that's probably going to be obvious um we have rate limits (laughs) i think it's locked down uh for sure um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it, it, it'll be tough. <laughs> yep. I, mean, um, I like, I like theoretical conversations like that too. It's the questions like that. So it's, it spurs good conversation, but yeah, I think it's probably pretty difficult to do. Um, but yeah, for sure. I mean, my question, I guess too, is like, I don't know that you can share, um, you know, uh, oh, actually you have shared some metrics here. Sorry. Never mind. Yes. Yeah, I missed- <laughs> okay. Let's talk. You want to talk through some of the walk us through some of the metrics that you yeah that um, discovered. You want yeah, to yeah. Yeah. Let me drop. Should I put them back up there? Yeah. Sh- yeah. Sorry for. No. No worries. <laughs> no ruining worries. the stream share. Gosh, Ken. <laughs> try to MC oh, or su- super yeah, professional over are. here. Right? Yeah. I, know. Uh, I guess I'm getting fired. Take it out yeah. of my bonus. My non-existent yeah. bonus. <laughs> oh yeah. If you guys are curious, that's like, yeah, the metric, the, the email that gets sent. If you guys are curious, like what gets sent to the customer, um, you know, uh, metadata uh, given to us by the, the, the secret scanning partners. So, yeah, um, I, I, I also like that at year you are following the crocs and socks of application security. You've got like an audit trail there for the suspicious activity. Yes. It's awesome. Yep. Please check yep. your audit trail. Um, yes. You know, we can never guarantee that, you know, we, we revoke, like this process happens, you know, within seconds. Uh, I timed it last time. It was like 15 seconds from like me committing to it getting revoked. So it's really quick, but you never know. You always want to check your audit trail just in case. Um, but yeah, metrics. Um, Leaf actually wrote a really good blog on security metrics. And it was a big focus of our team to improve security metrics for our services across the board. And uh, this also, you know, applicable to new services as well. Like we really, you know, we really wanted to find the metrics even before, uh, you know, in in the planning stage, like what are we gonna be looking for? And in this case, like we wanted to know, you know, first off, like what's the origin of these exposed tokens? Like we have GitHub and GitLab, uh, GitLab being onboarded really soon. 
Like where are they so, coming so from? So would you say GitLab is in, more insecure than GitHub? Is that? <laughs> I wouldn't say. We haven't we haven't onboarded yet, so we don't have the <laughs> metrics to back that just yet. So we'll see. We'll, we're, once we get more data, it's curious to see like, you know, and maybe it might be like a popularity contest, right? Like mm-hmm. GitHub's more popular. Naturally, we just get more exposed tokens from GitHub. You know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'm just I, I'm just guessing. Well, you know, it may now, can we have you on weeks. every podcast? Yeah, <laughs> it, it may change in a few weeks when Ken leaves, right? Like you'll see an uptick in exposed tokens because he's uh, okay, more okay. people <laughs> will use the platform. No, don't say that. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, you went a different way than I expected with that. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I, um, not a GitHub chill. Just, you know, I enjoy the service. I like it. <laughs> Um, it's cool. Uh, yeah, the ratio revoke tokens, the false positive. So this is an interesting one because during our threat modeling, uh, security folks, you know, we do threat modeling for, for anything that deals with sensitive data tokens included, we do a threat model. So like one was like, could we like theoretically overload this service by, uh, like generating a bunch of fake segment tokens? Um, so we wanted to see the ratio of revoke to false positives to maybe detect something there. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then, you know, which workspaces, which customers have the most revoked tokens just for curiosity's sake. Like if we wanted, needed to contact the customer, like, Hey, your tokens are being revoked at a highly rate, uh, a high rate, something's going on. So yeah. Um, we use segment to, you know, collect these metrics. We use our, we, we drink our own champagne and use segment, uh, to collect these metrics. So whenever, um, a token comes on, it comes in that's valid um, or invalid. So here we have a try. This is uh, a snippet from from the code base. So you have a user ID. It just like who generated this metric. In this case, the system did. There's no particular user. It's just the service itself generated this event. Uh, what type of event? This is an exposed public API token, and then just some properties. This is just basically metadata from the secret scanning partner. So they give us you know the origin GitHub the prefix of the token, um, the commit, like what the source was, like, is it the commit? Is it a PR? Is it an issue? Like where it was found and the type of token, uh, as well as the URL to that, to that token. So we use this data in our email, um, that you saw before. So this is where that, that, uh, email information, um, comes from is, is just this track event in, in segments. So we just, if it's invalid, we mark it as invalid. If it's revoked, it's revoked. And I think we have one other state that um, if for some reason we wanted to disable auto-revoking and just go to warn, uh, that's, there's a status for that too. So um, yeah, there's, and, and there's not, we just launched this. So there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of um, uh, data yet to, to like draw any significant or uh, conclusions. Like we just launched this. Also, you know, the fact that these, API tokens are mainly just generated by business tier customers. I think like it's gated at, from like team or, or paying customers. So we don't expect to have too many, too much um, uh, um, uh, revoked tokens. So um, we just have to wait and see as the metrics come in. And, um, yeah. That's, yeah um, I, I, I'm interested to see how that like what the actual numbers there are, right? Like, I, I mean, I don't know how much you guys like be able to release or want to release, um, but just in general, it would be interesting to see what that looks like. And then 
also that, you know, that threat model is fascinating to me, right? Because I, I mean, that's where I start to go is, oh, like, okay, what happens when somebody generates a whole bunch of SGBP tokens? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, how do you respond to that, right? Like, you know, hey, there's a submission to a, you know, whatever service that is, are you overloading mm-hmm. the customer with emails that it's revoking these tokens or it's noticing or what's going on? Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's interesting problems that you run into there. Yeah. So yeah, the the biggest concern was that that thing. Like, if for some reason they wanted to overload the uh, we internally we call called this the exposed uh, token service, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> uh, um, and it, we uh, we have rate limits in place. We have like ensuring that you know we're not. Uh, and also, I imagine GitHub also has some sort. Of, I, I I I might not be right, but maybe GitHub has something for. The, to, to prevent uh, these masks, but GitHub only sends us two at a t- like, I think two tokens in one request at a time. Um, so we're not going to get like a huge, like mega request from GitHub. So we're able to like uh, take those in pretty easily, rate limit them as well. And um, also I'm trying to think like what we have in place. Also, we have um, also the fact that, and also the fact that um, um, we have the, uh, the public endpoint behind a GitHub, um, like only GitHub, we only val- we only accept requests from GitHub via yeah. some signature um, uh, request, some header security. Uh, they basically put a public key, I think, in their headers to and signature, and then we validate that to ensure it's, that request is from GitHub. So that's one other way we protect that public endpoint. But yeah, if uh, Seth, uh, you bring up good points in terms of like threat model, like the we. If they wanted to, well, yeah, yeah, and, and but the, I mean, this goes back. I mean, I know uh, you've got Jivon over there, right? Like from a threat modeling perspective, right? But th- like this always goes back to this is why you do that threat model, right? Yes, because you know, yep. my my first inclination wasn't necessarily to think about the the denial of service aspect and like you know someone crafting a whole bunch of keys. Um, so it, it's satisfying from my end to see that, oh, you guys sat down and you had that discussion and actually oh, like, yeah. worked through what that what that looks like in order to identify, all right, this is probably the biggest risk that we're going to run into. What happens when the service goes down, a key gets exposed, and all, all of a sudden it's out there until the service can come back up and the replay can happen and what that looks like. So, yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a good, she, yeah. Yeah, Jeevan and team, like I said, the leadership and the security org in general. Like, you know, these are the things we think about when we're planning, you know, the services. Like anything, you know, we have a checklist that we run through. And I can't, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't know what's in that checklist. But if you hit like one of like, if you check yes for any of the questions, it's like, oh, we need a threat model. Security engineer gets assigned uh, to your like plan. And, you know, they walk through it with you. You explain it. You're, you um, Earlier in the blog, you sh- uh, you showed a uh, sequence diagram. They dissect that sequence diagram. Like, okay, like, you know, what can go wrong in- between the user and GitHub and GitHub and the service? Uh, so a lot of, and I think we used like the stride model as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. Spoofing, tampering. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so on and so forth. Uh, so yeah, that's, a lot of uh, yeah. And security. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stride, yeah, that's... dread, you know, take your yep. pick on the threat model side, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's my, like, this is my first, like, a job with a threat modeling 
you know, system. So it's been, it's been awesome to think about things. I you know like, like, Oh yeah, crap. You're right. Um, I need to, you know, take th- this, this attack in, in mind. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeevan did is... you uh, having, I mean, since you're kind of, I mean, it sounds like you did some level of security things. I mean, earlier in the, the government work, but um, you know, you're, you're back in full swing working with the security team, building security functionality. So I guess my question would be, you know, how, do, how like, how does security impact your, has it, has it impacted your, the way you develop software or the way you think about things as you, you know, plan and, and strategize how, what you're going to build and how you're going to build it? Um, I yeah. mean, it, or is it sort of like, no, like we've got a good team. I, I still don't, you know, I, I or, <laughs> I've no. always thought about it this way or whatever it might be. Yeah, this is like, I've been, I've been a software engineer for, see, I graduated 2017. Uh, I took no security classes. Like, I don't think in the curriculum there was any uh, class available to me to be like, here's secure coding. Like, here's how to securely, you know, write software. There might have been like a lesson on it, right? Uh, and that's the extent of it. So, you know, starting my career, like, like okay yeah like uh i did not think of these things like um you know like oh thinking like an attacker uh how they can exploit what the code i write um had a little bit at raytheon like i mentioned but it it was you know jump onboarding at twilio uh slash segment um no i these these are the things that are the forefront of my mind if i don't think about them they will be called i don't i don't want to be called out during the threat model like like with my pants down like how come you do like it's just like i want to i want to impress the security team i want to like think about these things and, and uh make sure they're in the front of my mind when i'm when i'm um, coming up with this plan so yes to answer your question yes definitely the shift in my um way of thinking of like oh man i didn't even know that was possible i didn't even know you could spoof that um yeah learn yeah it's it, the whole you know, don't even get me started on cloud security. They're the whole, like I like like it's it's a rabbit hole. Like it, like that. You know, I I'm just getting exposed to it. Like um, IAM roles, like making securing your oh, AWS yeah. environment. Oh, it's we we talked it, about it on the panel that Seth had mentioned earlier at CactusCon, where it was kind of like you know, it's like you as a software engineer, you have these things that you either there's varying levels of care or concern or even knowledge around what, you know, how to like bake security into the software you're developing. But then there's this whole other world that emerged where now software engineers are also deploying infrastructure. Yes. And now you've got to know CIDR notation. You've got to know networking. You've got to know like Mm -hmm. just, and also just the controls and what can go wrong and how to audit, make it auditable for the cloud side of things too. And then it's like, man, that job just got way. It's like, they just tried to make like a forget 10 X, like a hundred X engineer, you know, and, and to do it all right. And it's like, okay, well that's not going to work. So yeah. Okay. That's anyways, it's very opinionated take on it, but yeah, that that's you, you hit you, you spot on like my job. Like now I'm like, Oh crap. Now I got to think I, I rewrite, uh, like ter- use Terraform to deploy these AWS stuff, like for the exposed poppy service. Now I got to think about like, like making sure my, my, the, the Terraform I wrote, is good like it's secure and it like getting deployed into the aws environment like correctly um it's yeah it, it's it's like oh man like it, it opens up a whole other like line of worries like um so luckily we have great cloud security <laughs> yeah great security folks to, yeah to, to i make mean sure. if, if, 
of all the places to actually cut your teeth on that segment's probably one of the safest, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Given what I, what I see in the general industry, like you, you guys are, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's a much different environment. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause Leaf said earlier, what did he say? He, he said, uh, uh, Netflix was debt here. Netflix was definitely one of the teams we looked to for inspiration when thinking about our team direction in the early, early days of our security program. But what's uh, kind of funny that to, to me now is that it feels like just objectively Twilio slash segment is the new Netflix as it, as it looks, I mean, as it appears to be influencing, building a lot of things, putting out a lot of things and influencing the direction that a lot of us are taking. So uh, congrats. You're now the new Netflix of security. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'll, 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 I'm hope, I hope Leaf's listening and, and, yeah. and is happy about that. Uh, yeah, no. Um, and you know, um, you know, can't discount the fact that, you know, we have great, you know, I'm going to say it again, GitHub, great blog resources. We're learning a lot from them. So we're, we're, um, you know, learning from our peers as well. Uh, yeah. It's and uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's funny that also, like, I was just thinking about, you touched on the fact that, like, when you went to school, nobody talked about this stuff. You know, yeah. There, maybe there was, like, one day where it was briefly brought up. But it, it's just funny to me that, uh, and only because we've talked about it on the podcast before, before we, were, we were trying to figure out, like, what, yeah, what kind of education is given uh, to, uh, to software engineers these days um, to, to just get a little bit of knowledge on like, Hey, just if nothing more than like, Hey, people are definitely going to attack you. Like that's going to happen. So how do they do it? Well, check out these resources and probably try to get ahead of it. Nothing yeah. like that, 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 that we were able to, to hear of. Nothing. And no. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the only security that you get is like, Oh, this is how you like, I, I mean, I harken back to my CS days and it was like, Oh, this is how you implement DES and C, right? Like that was my, that was our security course. And I'm like, how many times have I talked about S boxes since like, since I got through that course, not a lot. Right. Cause I'm not a math geek, right. I'm not one of the crypto yeah. guys. So yeah, I'm like, eh, that was pretty useless when it really came down to it. But it sounds like your experience was similar. Right. And, and, and not to, you know, I I'm just derailing the conversation. It's just like, that's just, that's the that's when you get a that's what happens when you get a CS degree and not like like and, and want to go into software right that's mm-hmm. you know CS is its own thing and software engineering is a whole other thing so yeah um, yeah that's that's, that, that's probably a good reason um, that's a really uh, fair point the two are yeah. the two are different yeah. yeah yeah and to become a software engineer really the only path that I saw at the university was you know it's a CS degree right that's 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 really the 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 standard way, I guess. I don't know. They're like, like nowadays you can learn, you know, like software engineers don't need to go to school. I feel <laughs> for that. So, well, uh, yeah. And you know, like I went, I, there's a, there's a couple times I had volunteered to do training for a day at like uh, those coding camps, but mm-hmm. even those coding camps, that's like the most that they got was someone willing to volunteer a little bit of their time for like mm-hmm. a half a day or a day or whatever to come in and talk to them. And I guess in a three month period, that's like, not the worst breakdown that you could, you know, have, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's just kind of like people volunteering to come in and it's not really like a set thing. And so even those coding camps that arguably are the thing that are really focused mm-hmm. on, soft, I would think anyway, software, I don't know, maybe you disagree, but I would think that that's the closest thing to like, yeah, getting some education in software engineering. 
And uh, I don't I, think there you see much security either. I've seen like breakdowns of the curriculum for that. There's almost never mention of security uh, in those like uh, like class course or like, you know, here's the schedule. There might be, you know, some touching on it, um, you know, throughout the course, but there's not like a big focus on it. Um, yeah. 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 I wish there was, but you know, <laughs> Hey, it's, that's what you know, learn on the job. That's what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, if you're, this is what I'm thinking. If you're like one of those, uh, trading platforms, like uh software security trading platforms, you could start driving. It works. It's, it's, it could work for both, right? They give out some free licenses to edge to maybe they already do this, but give out some free licenses to students and then you get some early users of your platform mm-hmm. and then they become software engineers and they're going to buy a product at some point. Maybe they remember you and everybody wins. <laughs> so that's right. If you're listening and you have a trading platform and you're not doing that, maybe that'd work for you. You, you, you come to absolute AppSec for the business advice from, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we can do, hey. we can do all the things on here. We can advocate for for education, and we can make some people some money at it while yeah, we're at it. How about that? Exactly. So, um, right, we've only got about five minutes left or so, but i did want to I did want to ask you, Sal. You know, mm-hmm. if there was anything else that you wanted to highlight from the article, I know there's probably more that you're going to talk about at B sides, but is there anything else that you want to highlight from the article before we close things out today? Um, no, just uh, really just the conclude, like, um, yep. Yeah. If, if anyone of you are interested, please check out the blog post. A lot more information in there. Uh, you know, there's RFCs for there's an RFC for this like secret scheme, uh, secret like API token format. So there's definitely people thinking about like a like uh, you know the future and like how like we maybe standardize API keys uh, mm-hmm. to make this sort of stuff easier, this detection and prevention of of, of leak secrets easier. Uh, so check out that RFC. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, and yeah, just, you know, Hey, like if you have a security org and you're not onboarded to GitHub's secret scanning partner, uh, ship, you know, it's really easy to get done, uh, get labs as well. So highly recommend doing that. Um, and yeah, um, if you want to learn more, just, you know, check a, check a, take a look at the blog post, uh, check, come check me out at, uh, besides SF. So, um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Oh, that's all good. I did. I did post up that secret token URI scheme as well. Yes, that I I actually haven't seen that before, right? So I'm like I'm opening it up now. Um, yeah, that one's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty interesting, right? The yeah, it's it's a I don't know how much traction it'll get, but it's a you know a step forward in maybe standardizing this stuff, and who knows? Yeah, like everyone's just there isn't yeah. Um, isn't I mean I guess sixty four characters is pretty standard from what I've seen, but there is no real API token standard, um, other than um, yeah, other than what GitHub's trailblazing with their their prefix. So uh, yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see what the future holds. Yeah, it would be interesting to see like how that actually translates because it does look like they're using some of the like GUID values inside of that secret token format, which I, I mean, if you've never played with UUID, you know, formats as well, it's a, um, it, it's a pretty interesting way to actually identify tokens and have like specific dates associated with a token that's being generated. Um, I know other services go other directions, right. You know, um, 
was one of those that's fairly easy to use because there's libraries that support UUID all over the place, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I, I mean, I always kind of go back to that as well, you know, unless you are an org that's taking, you know, that is checking all of the security boxes, you probably don't want to be generating your own random token values because, um, <laughs> you know, one small, to Brandon's point earlier, like one small miss on the token generation like using insecure random and all of a sudden people can predict what those are going to be. And they've taken over your API and you're showing up on, you know, hacker news or whatever else. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You, you, I that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. Ken, do you have any other questions before we close things out today? Not a question, just more so, you know, appreciation for you coming on the podcast. Uh, I, you know, I don't know when B-Sides SF is, you know, maybe Seth or I will make it out or both um, and watch your talk and just generally just hang out with others there. There's, I'm sure there's going to, there's always a lot of good people to go network with at B-Sides SF. So I don't know. Thank you. And I guess we might see you in person. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a blast. Um, yeah. Thank you again, Seth, uh, for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Um, it's been an informative conversation from my perspective as well. Like I, like I said, I'm, I'm living in that API space. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us are from a testing perspective nowadays, given how architectures are built and apps are built. So useful, yeah, you're not on our, uh, app. App. Yeah. you're not on our absolute Slack, but to Seth's point there, like, sorry, Seth, <laughs> but uh, to Seth's point, um, you got a lot of good feedback in our Slack. So everyone's very, I am part of it. I'm, 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 I'm lurking. Oh, you are part so. of it. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, I'm somewhere. I, I'm like lurking in there. Like I was, I, I've been lurking for the past, like ever since I was invited. <laughs> I'm uh, somewhere. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna find you. <laughs> no, I found you. Here we go. All right. Um, cool. All right. So, besides SF, before we close out, though, anywhere else that Sal that people could reach out to you or, or um, find you if they want to talk. Yeah, I'm pretty incognito on the internet. I really the only thing I have is my Twitter and my website. So Twitter. Like it's some obscure handle zero X one Oh two C really hard to find me. Um, but yeah, you can reach out there if you have any questions, uh, check out the blog post, check me out at B sides. Uh, I don't know when the schedule is going to drop, but uh, check me out there. And uh, yeah, that's sweet. Well, now we found you on Twitter, so we're going to tweet all <laughs> the things out about you. So. Thank um, you. <laughs> and I pinged you are, on our Slack channel. So now everybody knows, knows who, uh, who you knows are. There yeah. Perfect. Your <laughs> cool. Awesome. I'll jump, uh, jump in there later today. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening, listening today and the interactions and yeah, join Slack. Um, yeah. Uh, DM me if you want a t-shirt, we'll put you on the list for the next round that's going out. Perfect. Thanks, everybody.